miles uh, distance and location doesn't have any impact on the power of God, does it? I'm glad, I'm thankful for that. I, I didn't say it when I testified this morning, but the, the last sentence in Whitney's text that she sent Friday night, she said, I told him that he had people in West Virginia praying for him. She said he, he said he smiled. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, it's, God is good. I'm telling you, he's good to us. And I'm thankful. Where would we be without prayer? Where would we be without the Lord this morning? I tell you, we'd be in a bad shape. I can tell you that. Bad way. I'm going to read verses 32 through 36 this morning. Acts chapter 2. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we... Well, let me back up and catch 31. Um, let me back up and catch 30. How's that sound? 30 through 36. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And Peter again, he's, he's, he's finishing up his, his sermon here, I would say, and and he's again pointing the Jews back to the scriptures again. What he's pointing them to, a lot of, or some of what, he's, what he, I just read, takes us back to Psalm 110 that David wrote. And, you know, I, I just have to say this again. It's just amazing to me what God gave David to write in the book of Psalms for us. The prophecy that he gave to him, I mean, the details, the facts that he gave to him, for us to be able to go back and read this, I mean, that was 3,000 years ago. 3,000 years ago. And I mean, think about that. And it's come true every bit of what he was, I mean, the, Jesus had not come. I mean, they knew there was a Messiah coming. But I mean, that he gave David those words to write is just amazing to me. And if you haven't read Psalm 110, might want to go back there and read it sometime. It's very short. I think there's about, I don't know, 10 or 12 verses maybe. It's not very long. But in that, I mean, to me, there's a summary there. There's a divine summary of where Christ is now, that Christ is coming back, and that he's going to, he's going to defeat all his enemies, and he's going to reign on the throne of David forever. For a th well, forever. For he's going to reign forever. We know that. But he's going to sit on the throne of David. I mean, again... It's only God that can do these things. I mean, I'm telling you, the power of God has no limitations. And I don't know if that doesn't stir your heart this morning. I mean, there's times I get, I get aggravated and frustrated and depressed. And, 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 you know, and then I think, you know what? God's able. God's able. I just got to keep trusting in him. I mean, he, his power is not limited this morning. Never has been. Never will be. And, uh, but... Uh, so that's what he's, he's telling us. That's what it, Peter was telling the Jews. And, you know, I think so many times that's what God reminds me. He says, go back to my word. Look in my word, what I've told you. Look at my word. Look at my promises that I've made, not just to you, but to everybody else along the way. 
He's never going to fail us. He's never going to fail us. And everything that's in here is truth this morning. Always has been, always will be. But when he returns again to earth, that he's going to reign on this earth after his victory over all his enemies, he's going to reign. And uh, folks don't want to believe that today. They don't want to hear that. But I'm telling you, one of these days it's going to happen. It's going to be a reality. I have no idea when, but it's going to happen. One of these days it's going to happen. And, uh, and we're going to see it. And we'll be there to see it one of these days. One of these days. But so when we think about that, when you look again, at look at verse 33. And in verse 33, look at what Peter told him. He said, therefore being, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, look at what he says. He had shed forth this which ye now see and hear. He's telling them. He's telling those people, those Jews that were there that day, all these things that you saw happen on the day of Pentecost, this is why. This is what it was all about. So you would know that what was prophesied years ago, this is the evidence that he came. Jesus Christ was and is the Messiah, God's only son. That's what, that was the purpose of that, to try to help them understand that. So you think because God has raised Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit's come to reveal the message. That's what he was basically telling them. He's come to the fulfillment of the Messiah prophesied. That's what he was trying to help them understand that day. That's why he said, what you've seen, this is the fulfillment that you've witnessed. So some of them got it. Some of them didn't. I mean, but just kind of like today. Some people get it and some people won't. But it's the same. But... Um, when we look down here, then verse 36, he says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And, you know, this is the message of salvation for the whole world right there. I mean, right then and there, it was only given to the Jews, okay? I mean, it was, but it was coming to us, and it came to us later. But right here, it's, it's, that's the message of salvation to all mankind. And... You know, the same message that God sent to David is the same message that God is sending to the church today. It's the same message that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Savior. He is the King of kings and Lords of Lords and Lord of Lords. He's, he's the one. That's the same message. That's what he told David to write down and to tell the people back then. And it's the same message today. Same message today. So, anybody have any comments? Man, y'all's awful quiet this morning. All right, I'm going to move on and read verses 37 through 40. It says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words that he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Let me back up. <laughs> Let me back up. Let me back us up to, to, verse, to the, the previous verses I read. I got a couple things I want to mention there before we move on. 
Turn to Hebrews, if you want, Hebrews chapter 1. Because the same, the same words that Peter used here during his, his preaching on this day, in Hebrews chapter 1, we're going we're gonna to see some very similar words from Paul. Hebrews chapter 1 says, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. What's he telling us there? He's telling us exactly what I just said about what God gave to David to give to us. He's, he's, he's reminding us that the prophets were given God's word and the purpose of them was to let people know that there's a Messiah coming. So, and it says, hath in those last days, or hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by, when he had by himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high and what did what did peter tell them when he was preaching to the jews that day he told them the same thing the lord of lords is sitting on the right hand of the throne of god and that's exactly what we're reminded here in the book of hebrews and if you go back to Verse 28, I'm sorry, Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12, go back a couple chapters. Hebrews 12, verse 1, is a very familiar verse. But let me read verses 1 through 3. He says, wherefore seeing, and, and where I'm going with this is, when, when Christ is presented, when the word of God is preached, we got to make a decision. Right, And that's kind of where I'm going with this. Because here in, in, cha in chapter 12 of Hebrews, he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand, of the throne of God. That same, same reminder telling us where he is, where he is right now, where he's been ever since he left here after his ascension or after his resurrection. When he ascended back to heaven, he's been there, and he's still there, and he'll be there until he comes back here. So, and he says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And then if you go on back to verse 28, same chapter, just going down to verse 28, it says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. You know, I think when we, when we read these, these verses, when we read these verses in Acts, I mean, I think it ought to be a reminder. It, it ought to stir our hearts of what Christ has done for us and the fact that we, need to, we should have a more of a desire to want to live for him, more of a desire to want to witness for him, more of a desire to want to serve him and do the things that he wants us to do for him. And that's what, you know, Peter's telling the crowd here that day, look, you need to change. You know, there, there, you need to make a change. So let me kind of move on here. The, the, the verses I read, 37 through 40, you know, Peter preached, if I can say it this way, the first sermon of the church age. I mean, he preached the first message ever of the church age. 
And that message, you know what it was? It was an Easter message because he preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what he preached. It was an Easter message. And after that message, you know, the people present, they, they asked. I mean, they said, what shall we do? They asked for guidance and direction as to what to do. And I thought, you know, it's no different today. People are looking for guidance and direction. If we could just help them understand that first and foremost, what they need is Christ in their heart, and then they would get the guidance and the direction, and everything else that they need would come from him, if we could just help folks understand that. But they, they asked and said, guidance, direction, what to do, and Peter gave them. What did he give them? He gave them the gospel. He told them they needed to, say, they needed to be saved. He told them they needed to, re, to repent. And he said, repent and be baptized. You know, when the word of God is preached, and there's a, there's a, but there's a full sentence here, okay? Well, I don't know if it's a full sentence, but there's a full thought, okay? Let me get this full thought in. There's a lot of people that so-called speak the words, okay, of God's word. But when, but when the word of God is preached by a man who has been called by God to be a preacher, there's a response that's required. Because when, when, that, when that man of God preaches, the Spirit's given out and the Spirit moves, and if it's and there's a, there's a require there's a response needed, saved and unsaved. You know, just because we're saved doesn't mean when the word is preached that we don't need to be moved. Because there's a lot of times. In fact, we ought to be moved probably every time the word of God's preached. We should be moved in some fashion, either in love, thankfulness, something, or maybe repentance, or whatever the case. But we ought to be moved every time. God's word is preached. We should be moved, all of us, saved and unsaved. But for the saved, we need to allow the word, it's got to continue to, to mold us to be more like Christ. And most, and you know, here's the main thing I think it should do. It should force me and us to examine ourselves. I mean, because when you think about that, that pretty much covers everything. When the word of God's preached, it should be a reflection of how we measuring up to his word, and we should examine ourselves and make change and adjustments as necessary. And for the unsaved, naturally, they, ought to, they need to accept Christ as their personal Savior. And they need to repent and be, papt, and be baptized. That's the requirement to be saved, right? I mean, we hear, we hear that preached, but, you know, not only that, but for us as saved people, there's times we got to repent is the requirement for those of us that are saved because there's times we sin. There's times we mess up. There's times we miss the mark. And we have to repent and tell the Lord we're sorry. You know, when we miss the mark, you know, we, we know because if we're saved, when he speaks to us, whether it's through a message, whether it's at home when we're sitting there, I mean, he speaks to us. We know where the mark is. He's made it clear what the measure is. And we know when we fail below that measure, and we know, and we need to, we need to respond and, and repent when we do that. But here in verse 38, I think the director from Peter, um, specifically to the Jews, was for them to change their mind about Jesus. That's what, they, that's what Peter was preaching about. He said they needed to change their mind. I mean, repent means to change one's mind. That's what repent means. And a change in mind toward God, this is the key. 
I got to change up here. I got to change my thinking, my ways, a change in mind toward God that results in a changed life. When we repent, we truly do it, it's going to change us because He's going to change us. When we kind of come to the recognition and admission of who He truly is. And that's what Peter was trying to get across to the Jews. You need to realize that the one you've heard about for all these years, the Messiah, this is the one that was crucified. This is the one that was raised from the dead. He is the one, and that's what he's preaching to them. So the Jews needed to change their mind and change their thinking about who Jesus of Nazareth was. They needed to acknowledge him as Lord, God Almighty, and Christ the Messiah, much the same as we had to one day. When I got saved, I had to recognize, I had to give allegiance to him and recognize and give acknowledgement that God is who he says he is. God is who his word says he is and that Christ is his son. And um, the same repentance required on this day of Pentecost is the same repentance that's required today to become part of God's family. It hadn't changed. People say, I don't understand It's not hard to understand. It's plain and simple. It's been the same message thousands of years ago. It's the same message today. And I'm glad it is. Well, I'm glad that he made it simple. I'm glad he made it easy. You know, I feel for people that say, I don't understand. They don't understand because they don't want to understand. Because God will allow us to, he'll allow anyone to understand if we're seeking, if we ask him. All we got to do is ask. Right, right. But then again, we know that there are some that have. I mean, the, the chosen people's ministries. I don't know if y'all see those, get those letters in the mail or whatever, but I know they talk about, you know, how they're, I mean, that's what they're doing over there. They're doing the ministry to the younger, and they say, based on what they're telling us, there's a lot of younger people that are beginning to say, you know what? <laughs> Maybe Jesus Christ is the, the Messiah and the King of Kings, and some of them have been saved. So, but you're right, Sharon, by and large, but yet, they're God's chosen people, and God's going to take care of them, isn't he? I mean, he's going to take care of them. I know. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yep, that's right, Joe. I mean, I've, I've told you all before, when our kids were young, before we got in church, you know, God, he was working on us. He was working on me, I know, and Lori too. And, and I thought, well, you know what? You know, we need to, we need to teach them a, about the Bible. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't even in church. That was a great thought, wasn't it? So we bought these books, and I can still remember buying these books and reading the books to the kids. But you know what? God was moving on our hearts. I mean, but... Yeah, I mean, I would read them, and I can remember opening these words up maybe at night sometimes and looking, and, and I would read. I was reading words. I mean, that was a good thing I was reading because I was beginning to look. I didn't realize that, but I was, the Lord was working on me. But yeah, until we, until we really truly have him in us, yeah, we, can't, we don't really understand. And then we still don't really understand everything, but, but we understand a whole lot more. But... Um, so, this repentance, like I said, brings same repentance that brings salvation today. So, on the, the same repentance on the day of Pentecost, the same is, is required today to get us into God's family. And it's repentance and placing our faith and trust in Christ. 
And you say, well, that's no new news. But it is to a lot of people, because there's still a lot of people that have never heard that and, never, and, and have never accepted. But, you know, but just to be clear, it's repentance and placing our faith, repentance first, and placing our faith and trust in Christ that brings forgiveness and salvation. It's not baptism. So I just thought I better put that in there just to make sure. So. But you know, if you read that, if you really read that verse close, those words, I mean, maybe this is just me, but he says, then they that gladly received his word, I mean, now, granted, somebody who's not saved is just going to read that, but to me, that means if they received his word, they got saved. <laughs> if they received, because those that don't get saved don't receive his word. I mean, so, you know, I think, it's, I think there's still some clarity there, but yeah, to your point, that's exactly right. There's a lot of different thoughts about that, which are wrong. I mean, you know, I've said this hundreds of times, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty simple. And y'all probably know that. Y'all have listened to me enough. But, I mean, I'm glad that he gave us this, that when we wonder and when we, I don't want to say doubt, but when we don't understand, right here is the truth. I mean, when people are, are bringing other things up or you hear something and you're not sure about, go back to this because this is going to always get us on the right track. Always, always. So, verse 39, he says, For the promise is unto you, I like this verse, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, I know right then, as of this point in time, it was only the Jews, but it came to us. I mean, and when I read that verse, I think about when it says, the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. I believe he was, he was talking about us in there. I mean, he was mentioning us. And even as the Lord, our God shall call. You know, from this very special day of Pentecost, this very special day, on the birth date of the church, I believe that God moved upon Peter that day to speak these words to the Jews, not only to the Jews, but to us as well that were present that day when he said, all those that are afar off. I mean, that's us. And, I mean, for us, 2,000 years later, when we go back and look here at Acts chapter 2, I mean, to have God Almighty document for us that we were always in his plan of salvation. I mean, I believe that's what we can see in that verse there. I believe we can see that. And we know his plan's always been in existence. It didn't just come into existence at that point for us. We know that. His plan of salvation has been forever. But I think we can see ourselves right there, that he was thinking about us. Um, but he documents this for us on this day of the birth, like I said, of, of the church of Christ. And kind of along those lines, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Because I like these verses. I'm glad that I didn't have to be born as a Jew, to be able to be part of his family. I'm thankful for that. Now, I, I'm, I appreciate the, the Jewish people and everything, and don't get me wrong, but I'm glad that I didn't have to be born one to be able to be part of God's family, is what I'm saying. That he made a way for all of us to, to be part of his family if we desire to. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, says um, that at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, 
having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. I say glory to his name this morning. And you move on to verse 17, and he says, And came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Because of him, and only him, Jesus Christ, we can be part of God's family. We are God, part of God's family if we're saved this morning. But it's only because of him. It's only because he is the way. He's the only way to get us there. The only way. Anybody have any comments this morning? 